Hello and welcome to the Data for Subscriptions podcast, uh, where we focus on the data challenge for subscriptions and as a service. I'm your host, Birad Bodian, and today I have the pleasure of welcomoming Andreas, CEO of Digital Route, to the show. Welcome, Andreas. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So over the past 10 years and more, Andreas, we've seen subscriptions businesses really flourish. We've seen brands like Disney, Netflix, Spotify, really, that most people know of. But we've also seen other industries come along from manufacturing to mining to agriculture. So the common denominator in all of this is obviously a massive shift in business, business model and emphasis on data. So that's what we're going to focus on today. But before we get into all the uh, nitty-gritty detail, I wanted to get your take on what's the overall state of the subscriptions business? Oh, that's a big question, I think. But let me let me try. You know, during the last 10 years, I think we have seen this industry growing rapidly, right? But from very low volumes, of course. I think we're just about to enter the next phase. The first phase was really about a simple business model. We have seen a lot of B2C businesses growing in this area, right? You mentioned Spotify and Netflix and those things. Streaming services, you charge an upfront flat fee uh, for a very, very strong content high value and a lot of people have signed up for that as well next phase is really the b2b boom i think and this is all going to be about a different business model the next phase is all about usage or outcome based business modes so for me one thing that we take for granted today is our mobile phones and our mobile communication services isn't it in fact so that this whole thing about subscriptions and usage based business that we refer to today started with the telecom operators and way back in time, really. Happy that you're mentioning this because not only for our heritage as a company and so forth, but the telecoms industry, I think, is super, super interesting for a lot of companies that are moving into the next phase of subscription business and, and so forth because of their state-of-the-art way of managing not only the operations, but their customers and so on. I mean, today... No one literally is thinking about how we're communing, how we're consuming mobile services, right? And all of that is really due to a state-of-the-art backend that makes us feel comfortable and easy to use. So I do think that there is a lot of learnings that we can grasp from that industry. Can you mention some of the most important learnings that we can take from the telecoms industry as we now move more into the B2B space, as well as you mentioned before? I think definitely. You know, first of all, the telecom players, the service providers, they all built a stack that cater for both volumes of data and complexity. A mid-size CSP today, they're probably operating six, 700 of different price plans. And they do so because of their need to tap into new revenue pockets, right? And this maybe connects to another really important question in the subscription economy today around subscription fatigue and so forth. Right. When you hit the ceiling of number of subscribers, you just have one price plan, it's impossible for you to grow your revenues beyond that. And this is what I think the telecoms players has done in a very, very nice way capturing new opportunities in the market by providing different business models. Right. Prepaid, postpaids, tiers, family bundles. And if you go to this, the business side of the coin, everything is really usage-based. 
That's a great point. And we're going to come back to it because I want to speak about the theme of subscriptions fatigue that has been coined basically in the last year. But kind of keeping it to the industry discussion. So I mentioned quickly some. So you have media and entertainment and we have software as a service as some of the companies that I mentioned. But talk about some of the other industries that you've seen that really are flourishing and, and now showcasing their movement into the subscriptions business. I, I think, you know, what, what's really interesting now and on the horizon is everything from large manufacturing companies. All these these large businesses, they, they have had their devices, their products, what have you, connected for years. And everybody now realizes this is a big, big data challenge to take the next step. Because all of these devices, products, they produce a lot of raw data. Right, And it's completely different to change your movement, take on all this data when you're going to deal with the end customer directly. So more or less you cut the middle layer, the distribution channel that you built for years, mm. and you're dealing with the end customer directly. So I think manufacturing is a really, really interesting industry that we're going to see a, a lot of growth coming from in the next couple of years now. You mentioned a little bit about the success of these companies when you explain what they've done and where they're heading. Talk a little bit about the challenges that companies are facing, either if they're stepping into subscriptions business or if they're moving from basic subscriptions to something more advanced, usage-based. Yeah, I think one of the main challenges is that most companies, they don't think about building for scale from the very beginning. And when we talk about scale, we're looking on two axes volumes to scale, of course, but also the business model complexity to be able to scale. So what, what a lot of customers we helped over the years have done is that they starting in a corner and they really corner themselves as well. They don't build for scale and they try to build a lot of data management by themselves as well. You, you see this as any data integration challenge that you have. And as we know today, most, most companies of enterprise size, they, they already have a lot of data integration tools. But specifically, when you look at quote to cash for your subscription business, you need to recognize you're dealing with a revenue transaction at the end of the day. So the main challenge is really to build a strong backend of data management to support all your applications that are running to support your operations from a quote-to-cash perspective. So I think that's, that's maybe the main area where we see large enterprises having challenges today to take the next step. So when you meet potential customers... Is that typically their main kind of challenge? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's obvious, right? Because we're a data management company. But I, but I think this is a general observation. So it's not only because we are brought into the discussion, but, but this is what's happened most of the time. We, we help a lot of companies that already have a subscription business, right? And when you haven't started, you have the opportunity to do differently, of course. But most companies that we are, we are talking to and we are helping and, and working together with long term, they already built something. And it's all about scaling up volumes and complexity in your business model because you want to drive new revenue streams out of what you already built. So let's come back to the subscription fatigue point that you raised before. Let's just define what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all about hitting a ceiling of revenue growth, right? From the business perspective and from, from the customer perspective, you, you suddenly think that the value that is provided for the price that you're paying is not meeting your expectations. 
So uh, you, you might overlook all these different subscriptions that you signed up to and you start to reduce that. I think that's a great way to phrase it. It's the balance of value for money, basically, because what I find intriguing as a consumer of subscription services as well as working here at Digital Route is that when you have a subscriptions model, it's an amazing setup to have a constant dialogue with your customers. You can say that you have that as well when you sell a product and then see you again in a few years or if you have a customer support ticket. But this is vastly different. You're always basically talking to your customers or you can. You can listen and you can tune. And that gives a fundamental shift in basically adjusting value for money. And what I liked about when you talked about the telecom operators is how they, you know, this term we say personalized offerings. The examples that you gave to me is personalization. There's not one size fits all. All variations, even within a family package that you mentioned. This, I think, is something that we haven't really seen so much in the B2B space. So the subscriptions fatigue, again, as a consumer, that's part of the problem from the consumer side. Just so many subscriptions, and from just looking at the public statements, people don't even know what they have almost, and they don't know what they're using it for. That's uh, totally true. It's critical for us as a service provider to down to details understand how our services are used by the end customer, right? But it's equally important for the end customer to also understand how their consumption patterns is impacting their cost, right? right. And this uh, balance between cost and, and quality provided to, to the end customer is, of course, key to success. Right, so we've obviously emphasized data and data management quite a lot already, but I want to just make sure we level set what we mean because data has been a term used frequently for lot of years. First of all, why do we stress the data being so important when we speak about really succeeding and mastering subscriptions, business and as a service? I think we're coming back to what we're just mentioning. This is an always on transaction and and the relationship that you have with the end customer when you're moving to digital service and the subscription business and so forth. It's, It's always on, right? And you need to interact with your end customer in real time. And the core of all these business models access service subscriptions is usage data because we fundamentally need to understand how our services are used to be able to maximize and to package the right service for our end customers, right? On top of that, this is a revenue transaction. At the end of the day, we're going to price the consumption. Regardless if we send you an upfront fee or if we at the end of the day, charge you only for what you used. The core of the business model is always usage data. Is usage data different than other types of data and do you need to manage it differently? Yeah, obviously this is what we're doing, right? So right. You, we're, we're, we're only talking about that day out and day in. But it's essential to understand that usage data doesn't come for free, right? This is something that you need to first of all, go and collect in different disparate systems and you need to put together this usage data record. So most of the time it also comes out raw, so you need to process and rich and so forth to create this data record at the quality that the application, billing system, CPQ system, what have you, can read and understand and do their job and so forth. And then when we talk about data in general, it could be any data flowing through the operational systems. I think that's important to emphasize because I think part of the challenge some of the companies have that you've mentioned is that you might sit with a generic data integration tool, 
I mean, that is also why some of the challenges that you talked about before are being faced. Can you give examples of when usage data is managed well, what the upsides are, and also conversely, when it's not, what are the very hard challenges that companies face then? I mean, there's there's two sides of, of this coin, right? And this is what we're dealing with. First of all, usage data is fundamentally the core of your revenues, right? So you need to get all of this right to be able to have a revenue transaction in your ERP system at the end of the day. But you also, again, need to communicate with the end customer around that because when you get your bill, the worst that can happen is that it's wrong or it's perceived wrong. And if it's perceived wrong, you need to also go back and prove that this is the consumption pattern that we have, this is what we sign up for, and here is the charge for that. The other side of this coin is, of course, if you don't automate this, if you don't control this process, then you will go, you're going to lose revenues. You need, you're going to have revenue leakage. And have you seen ranges amongst the customers that you've dealt with without necessarily naming any names? I mean, we, we can talk about both sides here because the constraint that you have on the revenue side, if you don't control usage data, is that you have a hard time to repackage and offer new services, new packages on top of what you already sign up for, right? This is the agility that the telecoms industry has made so great. Right. But on the other side, again, most companies, they recognize this is stream of data and there is always some kind of leakage. We have always some kind of volumes of errors. And most customers that we're talking to, they think they have 2 3%. But at the end of the day, it showed that they have more than 10% most often. That is a significant amount of I mean, revenue leakage. Yeah. Think about turnover several hundreds of million dollars, and then you cut out 10% just for dripping data. So let's take some more terms in this kind of realm, and then uh, we uh, move to the next section of our conversation. So usage-based pricing is something that in the last two years, I'd be, uh, I, I would say, has become more of a conversation. What is usage-based pricing specifically? Yeah, it's... it's as Beyond what the name obviously says. Yeah, but, but I think it's, it's, it sets most of it, right? Mm. It's, it's you only charge for what your end customer is using and, and as an end customer, you only pay for what you're using. As simple as that. Or an outcome that we have agreed upon, right? right. And when we talk about subscription pricing in general, we refer to something that is a fixed price. Precisely. Sometimes I think we refer to usage-based pricing at consumption-based pricing or outcome-based pricing, but more or less all of them is moving from a flat fee subscriptions that we've gotten used to more to usage-based. Yeah, again, we, we come back to the, the development of this whole economy, right? What, what's the next step? And especially when we're looking at B2B. In the B2C world, we're all used to this upfront fixed price that we often refer to as a subscription business, right? But in, in, in a B2B environment, there is not going to be a lot of fixed price business that is going to fly at all because an enterprise will never agree to paying for something that you're not using. That's a good point. Great point. So we talked about some of the risks and challenges, so to say. But if we come back to this question, what are the main risks Beyond, you mentioned revenue leakage and beyond the 10%, obviously, that's a significant risk and challenge. But what are the most common risks that you're facing when you're dealing with your revenue data and or usage data? As you're saying, leakage is, is the obvious one, right? 
But a lot of subscription businesses today, they're also blending in partners. And, and this partner play as such is a huge opportunity because you created this nice platform where you have a lot of customers and bringing in partners could be a service, a product, whatever you have, is a new opportunity to upsell your installed base as a good example and so forth. But this creates an additional complexity in your backend, right? You suddenly need to take care of not only partner communication, but partner settlements from a financial point of view. And we come back to the same story that we had with the end customer. Also, the partner needs to understand what is sold in real time, how are we doing together on this. And at the end of the day, this is a financial transaction. You need to have full control and full audit visibility to be able to understand what's my margin on this partner sale, what's the end, the, the end game of this, how it goes into the ERP system and so forth. So I think when you build out your subscription business at scale, you need to take on, into consideration the risk of scale. That's, that I think is, is a fundamental issue that we're seeing and that we're dealing with in the subscription economy today. So let's now switch feet to how we solve this. So you already gave away some insights in terms of how it's been done today, but let's kind of take it from the first question is, how are companies solving for this today? Most of our customers, they already build something, right? They, they have a subscription business and they want to scale it out. Most companies, they create a solution based on a data integration framework of some kind, an iPaaS solution, some kind of tool to take data from one source and, and integrate it to the other. And coming back to risks, this is where you have a huge risk of not capturing all the consumption and all the other data points that you need in order to be able to understand how should I price this event or this transaction, this interaction with your end customer. So obviously, what's the best practice and best way to do it in your view? This is core question for us, of course, and we spent 20 years of building a purpose-built technology to solve for these challenges. And I think, again, coming back to the telecoms industry, it's, it's super, super interesting to look at how the industry built the state-of-the-art stack to control, to orchestrate, to automate this whole quote-to-cash process, and also how to capture the value of the data that, that, that your service rely upon. So if I have any of these generic data integration tools, why is it so that I cannot really use that tool to achieve what I need to do in terms of scale and manage complexity? You know, we're coming back to the core of the sub subscription business, which is usage data. And usage data should become a revenue transaction. So you, you, you really need to understand and cater for the fact that this is a revenue transaction that can't be wrong, right? So there are numerous of steps of collecting, processing, enriching, communicating with the end application. And at the end of the day and in the back end, orchestrate this whole processing of data for the, the full quote to cash process. It's not only billing. It's the communication with the end customer we mentioned before. It's your operational system that needs to understand and know how your services are used and then loop these, these data points back again to steer, to orchestrate, to manage and so on. And you need to have a purpose-built platform technology to master all of this. 
data integration tools are great for integrating data, but we're dealing with something that is different. We talked about before usage data, how that's different from just data. Right. So as a as an enterprise, how do I make the judgment call on return on investment when I maybe have a generic data integration tool and I'm looking at something more purpose-built? I, I think it's easy for me to say, just coming back to 20 years of experience, where most of the customers, enterprises that we have been dealing with, they have an idea that they are leaking 2-3% and everything. everybody thinks it's normal. But in reality, it could be 10 to 15%. And if you just take that sum again, you're paying for the software, the implementation services, ROI is most often less than six months. It's a really, really large project. So I think that speaks for itself. It just, just cut down on the leakage will pay for itself. And that's even before touching any of the other aspects and upsides that you talked about, anything from how you manage your partners and settle the agility, business model innovation, new services. I mean, we haven't touched upon that. We, we, we're talking now a lot about the defense play, right? Exactly. How you cut down on and, and completely close your revenue leakage. But the real aspect of value creation is to create new revenue streams, right? How, how are you agile in your interaction with your end customer? How fast can you package a new business model? How fast can you push the button to provision that service and be able to orchestrate the data in the back end, send the correct invoice to the end customer, which is really the key of communication here in the financial transaction. But in a nutshell, the ROI is pretty simple. Even solving for the first step, you have an ROI in about six months, if not less. And then you're really set up for more the offensive play, which obviously is most companies, even those that we're looking at now, they've kind of hit the ceiling with their subscriptions business and looking to how do I evolve. Back to your mentioning of subscriptions fatigue, for example. Is usage-based pricing something that is more for complex and mature businesses only? Or is this something that smaller businesses, maybe as they're ramping up, could benefit from? You know, I, I think this is a great question. And this is something that we are discussing in detail right now, because again, coming back to what we learned so far and what we maybe are seeing as the normal in subscription business, people most often refer to B, B2C situation, right? Everybody knows about the streaming services and so on. But if we look at to software as a service companies today, I, I would argue that most of software service companies today that are starting up, that are building new revenue growth and so forth, they do that usage-based. Why? Because it's a much better deal for the end customer. It's the way of onboarding fast. It's the way of short time to value with your end customer and then upsell and grow together with your customer. And the most amazing growth numbers come from SaaS companies today. And they're all usage-based. What are the typical use cases you see today, irrespective of industry? You know, I, I think very, very exciting use cases is around mobility as a service for various reasons. Now I'm coming back to the end customer value. We see, and it's interesting because here in, in Stockholm specifically, we have uh, Volvo providing their subscription businesses, right? Their, their subscription services, cars as a service, or stream a car like you stream music, as they, right. their core messaging is. 
And, and I think this is so exciting because everybody knows owning a car is ex insanely expensive, right? But it's also something that is very close to us. We, we are very attached to a car brand in general. It's also something that we're using very often. It's attached to our family or our business. But this change in the industry is massive. Let's just look at how this structure built for hundreds of years, right? hundred years of, of car industry and the distribution channels. And suddenly you're, as a car manufacturer, going to deal with the end customer directly. And for the end customer, it's a massive value to subscribe to a car instead of owning it, right? And it's also a great value to be dealing with the car manufacturer directly. You can just see the cycles of innovation coming through in a much, much faster mode and so forth. And maybe most important around this business model is this is going to be great for the environment. I think Volvo is saying that on every car subscription that they sign up, they reduce by nine own cars. So it's almost a 10x factor, which is going to be a massive impact on the environment going forward. So better deal for the end customer, better deal for the service provider, and also great impact on the environment. So if you look towards the horizon, is there any use case that really makes you excited in terms of what you, what you see coming next? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, for me personally, I'm coming back to all these heavy machinery manufacturing companies, which is, you know, on the back of, I would say, what we just talked about, also going to make a, a, a huge change from an industry point of view, connecting with the end customer directly, and also being able to offer a lot of new different services that will make them interesting from the perspective of growing their revenues in a different way than they've been doing for the last decades. So it's, it's a big shift coming there. Now, I'm personally super excited about this transmission too, and I'll, I'll be a bit specific about it because I don't know for how many years we've been talking about IoT, Internet of Things, putting sensors everywhere and get data. To be honest, most people I've spoken to hasn't been entirely clear what you do with the data, but it's good, been good to get the data. That's been basically the, the, the agreement amongst all. If we compare the manufacturing industry compared to like the mobile telephony industry that we started off or the entertainment industry with the Netflix and the Disney, this is an industry that goes back, I don't know, centuries. This is a massive shift for them. And connecting it to all the IoT and the sensors and the data that's going to pour, I think this is going to be a bigger shift than any of us anticipate, to be frank. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another area that we can just touch upon, because it's fun to, to discuss different use cases and so forth, hospitality. Again, coming back to an industry that's been around for a long, long time that I think are a little bit stuck in how we're thinking about that. We're actually building an extremely interesting use case together with some partners around a huge amusement park in Asia. And the whole idea here is everything about the subscription economy, putting the end customer in, in the center of everything. So instead of you know buying a, a ticket to go there, hiring a car, signing up for a hotel, buying all your tickets on the amusement park, standing in a queue and so forth, you are going to just be in the forefront of the experience. 
So everything packaged for you, focusing on this experience that you're going to have with friends and family. And then you go to this amazing amusement park, you're just consuming. And in real time, everything you do is available for you in your mobile phone. And then you charge at the end based on your consumption, including everything. All right, so from use cases existing now and the ones that are coming to back to execution. Let's just end on that uh, note. Is Digital Routes usage portfolio the only option in the market? You know, we, we were for a long time, but today there are new companies coming into this space and uh, we are welcoming that, of course, because many times companies, customers don't know this technology exists. So it's great that we have new competition coming in because it kind of creates a new category as part of this larger data integration framework where we are operating. So, so uh, we're wel- welcoming that and we're, we're super happy for that and so forth. Yeah, I agree. I think the awareness in the marketplace, which is also why we're running this podcast as well, is quite important. So with new entrants, obviously, it raises uh, the awareness potentially. But let's come back to if you put yourself in the shoes of a customer, why would I as a customer see Digital Routes usage portfolio as the best option? That, that's very clear to me. I mean, we're the only one that is providing battle-proven technology, as we say, right? We're born and raised in the most complex environment, coming back to large volumes, complex business models, and so forth, and moving into B2B for the subscription economy. This is what it's going to be about, right? So I believe, and I think we've proven over and over again, we're the only one providing a purpose-built platform managing data for excess service and the subscription economy. We help the largest telecom operators grow their revenues and control their subscription business. We, we were part of helping pioneers like Adobe, Lexmark, other great brands take on this journey. And this is also why we are at the table today when Fortune 500 companies are moving to the next phase of their subscription business. Andreas, thank you so much. Thank you very much.